Welcome to Where the Lotus Grows, Getting Dirty and Growing Strong with Kimberly Searle and Tanya Drew. As integrative sustainable movement educators and health advocates, our goal is to provide you with evidence-based information gathered from research, experts in the field, and our personal and professional experience to help you advocate for your own health and wellness. Our mission is to collaboratively navigate the thick, muddy waters of life to empower, accept, and cultivate our most authentic selves. Welcome to Where the Lotus Grows, Getting Dirty and Growing Strong. I am Tanya Drew. And I'm Kimberly Searle. We're integrated sustainable movement educators, and we're here to help you advocate for your own health and wellness. So welcome, folks, to episode two of our fine little podcast. We're very pleased and excited to have you. And today we want to talk to you a little bit about... Um, as yoga therapists, you might have heard in the first episode, um, we want to cover a variety of topics that in- entail or helped by yoga, yoga therapy, and maybe even some other modalities that are within our scope of practice. Um, but when I think when most people think of yoga uh, and the benefits of yoga, then they think about the physical body first. Even though that's technically not where we like to start in yoga. Um, That is the place most commonly started. So we thought today we'd introduce musculoskeletal issues part one, and we're looking at the whole body. So obviously we believe yoga can be beneficial for a variety of conditions. Um, We just want to talk about yoga therapy and how it supports these disease conditions. Yeah, I mean, the physical body matches up with the Anamaya Kosha. We had touched a little bit about the Panchamaya model in our last podcast. And so let's just break that word down a moment. Ana means food and Maya means appearance. So this is the sheath of food where we're nourishing our daily intake for our physical body. So the Ana Maya Kosha, the physical body. And I think today we hope to just touch base on what that might be a little bit. Sure. So looking at... um the physical body as body sensations, uh, additionally as, um, you know, sp- pathology, it could be a physical injury, it could be um, a chronic illness, mm-hmm. um, and from a yoga perspective, we look at the Anamaya, um, even though it is the physical body, whatever concern from the Anamaya Kosha, we still look at it through the lens of the other Koshas as well. So today, um, let's talk about how yoga can help with the whole body. So according to uh, Harvard Health's website, they note the two most common physical conditions to benefit from yoga to be back pain and arthritis. I think that these are two areas that we see very commonly in our clients. It's something that we looked at pretty extensively in school. Um, And then the same article suggests uh, the benefits of yoga for everything ranging from migraines, balance, and mobility issues to IBD, fibromyalgia, and osteoporosis. Additionally, 
um, stress and chronic stress seem to contribute to a variety of ailments, illnesses, and injuries. And yoga is often used as a way to address these as well. Yeah, I think when people think of uh, the physical body uh, in yoga, they're thinking of the physical practice, asana, in the Western world. But it does include, you know, musculoskeletal disease conditions uh, that you just gave us a nice list of. And I think it's important if somebody doesn't know what IBD is, that it's irritable bowel disease. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah, so that everyone knows what we're talking about. You know, and sometimes when we think about this physical body, we can think about imbalances. And that's really when there's a separation of our physical body and having uh, a lack of awareness of what's happening. Because each one of those disease conditions that you listened listed had um, some subtle kind of um, symptoms that come up. And if we're disconnected from our physical body, sometimes it takes us a while to actually notice those um, symptoms as, as they're arising. So when our body is in balance in the physical body, there's awareness um, through our asana, especially uh, through our diet and our lifestyle. So I, I always say, you know, movement doesn't lie. If I think that I'm handling something well in, in my life, uh, maybe it's a new storm that I'm having, but I do my movement practice and now all of a sudden I can't get into my triangle pose or I can't get into plow, I can't lift my bottom up, then right away I know, oh, I'm not really handling that as well as I thought that I was. So it allows me to address that stress component very quickly. Oh, I like that. Um, additionally, and as a side note, before we get too much further, I want everyone to know on our website, which if you go to wherethelotusgrows.com, there will be information available. So I cited a Harvard Health website study, but I didn't give you guys all the details. Anything that we talk about, uh, the details should be in the show notes, and we really want you to check out our website and go there. So if we mention a website, a book, um, a speaker, we like to give them credit. We try to give them credit. And so any information that you found about conditions associated with um, with yoga that are commonly helped by yoga and this article from the Harbor Health's website will be linked on our website. So to get back to it, um, absolutely physical practice can tell a lot about the physical body. Additionally, when there's physio or pathophysiology, um, whether it's an injury or an illness or something related to chronic stress uh, conditions such as obesity, heart disease, Alzheimer's disease, depression, those kind of things, uh, the physical practice of yoga certainly can help. Additionally, breath work, I think, is an important thing that we will discuss about the different ways that the breath is impacted on these conditions. Um, and then the way that we uh, emotionally process and self-reflect and identify with our illnesses, injuries, and issues. I think that's a big way of how yoga therapy uh, does a little more than the traditional model of medicine as far as addressing these issues through those different areas. 
Yeah, I feel like we don't um, we don't become a specialty in just one kosha. We're always looking at all five koshas. We're sometimes in our um, healthcare setting right now. I, I'm a specialist for knee only, or I'm a specialist for the ankle only. Um, and then sometimes we lose kind of that larger umbrella of healing. Right. So each month we're going to go through uh, each kosha of the body and discuss a topic. Once a month, we're going to talk about a monomaya kosha issue specifically. So we're going to bring you information regarding a condition of a physical nature, beginning with a five-part series specific to musculoskeletal concerns. Before we get to that, the purpose of this episode is to give you that, uh, tell you what, tell you what we're going to tell you, uh, is to just give you a little information on the mind-body connection and why a physical condition is never just a physical condition. So we've talked a little bit about the psychosocial and spiritual influence on healing in our last episode, or at least we mentioned the psychosocial and spiritual influence on healing. Uh, So I want to touch on that, the role of chronic psychological stress, which we've talked about a bit already, and the importance of individual study. So one-on-one care, a yoga therapist really works on an individual, typically a session is an hour. You're not going to go to your GP and get an hour with them. <laughs> so typically we spend the time with an individual to address not just the care, but any other imbalances that might be present. So you have a studio, Kim, that you tend to work with a lot of people with physical injuries. Um, do you have a good example that you can think of off the top of your head of somebody who came in with a physical condition that of course you addressed, but also. Yeah. I I mean, I think back to my own personal experience, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about the first time that I started um, with my physical yoga practice and, you know, I really couldn't even feel my feet. I was so uh, involved with my mental chatter and the pain from my um, injury that I had lost a real connection with my physical body. And I remember one time standing in Tadasana in Mountain Pose and someone giving me the permission to actually sway my tree forward and back, side to side. And it opened up a whole new world for me. I realized that, you know, the weight that I was carrying in my feet was not balanced to 60% in my heel and 40% in my ball of the foot, for example. And just leaning forward ever so slightly and finding a little bit more of my ball of foot created this whole new world uh, for me. And um, I think that's what I do. You know, (laughs) it makes me think my uncle, uh, growing up as a child, my nickname was Mr. Mrs. Bones because I was, um, you know, such a thin child and you could see my skeleton. And so my nickname became Bones through my dad's side of the family. And now I think how fitting because I really feel as though I help people organize their bones to reduce pain within their body. Nice. I like that. When you said, um, so you're standing in mountain pose and just for, for people who already know this, please be patient. We want to make sure that we're a little inclusive to people who aren't necessarily yogis or maybe a little new. 
but you describe standing in mountain pose, which is kind of standing tall and at attention and really rooted up from the earth through your feet. Um, but then you, you mentioned kind of add a little sway to your tree and you, you elaborated a little bit that there's a shift from heel to, to foot. Can you kind of explain a little more? or in a little more layman's terms, what that, well, what that was for you? You know, my pattern before it was really, you know, leaning back, having a, all this weight in my heel. And what I found was that I wasn't putting enough weight out into the balls of my feet. And um, I also had this tendency to roll my ankles out so have more weight on the pinky side of my foot. Um, and so by swaying my tree forward and back and left and right, I began to find that, oh, I, I could have weight in the forward part of my foot as well as the big toe side of my foot. And so that just allowed me to find more of a anatomical standing of which I could then stack the rest of my skeleton on. It, changed, it shifted my, my sensation in my body all the way up to the crown of my head. No, I, I absolutely believe that I could. Thinking about that, like, kinetic chain as it comes up, like, I I can almost feel in my body that sense of, like, through my hips and then my torso and up my spine to the crown of my head, how that shifting of being kind of rocked back into the heel and then giving yourself permission to go forward might feel such a subtle adjustment mm-hmm. for something... If, if we don't mind sharing with our listeners, like uh, you mentioned last episode that you were in a horseback riding accident, you were severely injured, um, and that primarily impacted your pelvis, correct, and mm-hmm. low back? Yes. So can you share a little bit with our listeners how that, what that did? Because I think that I know <laughs> how I can embody this with you, how much that would impact how you were standing and what it did to your posture. Um, but kind of explain what happened to your low back and pelvis. Well, when I was horseback riding, I relaxed my post as I was finishing riding cross country and the ground was frozen. And I knew this particular horse would give off a buck when I relaxed my post. It was a bad habit that he had picked up um, from previous ownership in his life. And so I did that. I, I diverted my attention. And when he bucked, I wasn't prepared. And I did a somersault over his head and landed on frozen ground sitting straight oh, up. God. So I had fallen a lot with horses, but that's not really how you want to fall. No. Right? <laughs> so it, it broke my coccyx off. And then that, that thrust of energy coming up through the pelvis uh, broke my T12. And that's where your upper and lower body meet. So, you know, it was a, a good year recovery coming back from that. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had some hiccups along the way within, with that recovery. But, um, you know, I found yoga as an aspect to reduce my pain and reduce my muscle tension because I didn't want to live taking muscle relaxers and painkillers that, that no longer um, was serving me or or was where I wanted to be in my 30s um, at that time that I was experiencing more tension. And at that time, I was working in a corporate world sitting a lot. And so sitting was extremely painful. It brought back up that trauma of that fall. Um, So being able to find my feet um, and to stand uh, was very empowering. And just to clarify, not that you had any reason to notice before your accident, 
but do you feel like you had that you were pretty stable in your feet prior to that injury? Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, if yeah. you didn't practice, I, I mean, I was, I was running track and I was breaking the high school record and I was a cheerleader and uh, very active. So you had a pretty good sense of your physical body. Before. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Always dancing and twirling baton. I've, I've always been a physically active kid on using my body. And I think, you know, it was very tragic for me to have to ask for help. You know, I couldn't use the restroom on my own. I could no longer cut my food on my own. Um, and so that was quite devastating. But I also think because it happened at such a young age, you know, you think that you're unbreakable mm-hmm. and you kind of have this fuck you attitude. I can do whatever I want to do. And I, I really feel like that helped me, you know, work my way back to because it was physically and emotionally draining to regain and rebuild those neurological pathways to to get my body moving again. Right. So I, I think that that's a really terrific example, kind of circling back to a really subtle way in which yoga and attention to your body um, can have a really tremendous impact. Yeah, you know, I'm a goal setter. You know, I like to, like, uh, make a huge list, reach those goals, right? So my mind just is continually going. And so I am always amazed at how subtle a practice can be, but yet so profound and life-changing. You know, I've been practicing in my own personal practice for 18 years now, and I'm still just like, wow, every time it happens. Right. No, I absolutely agree with you. I'm sure we'll visit my <laughs> my journey and, and the ways that I, yoga has um, impacted me, which are a little more through the mental health pathways versus the physical health that, that you're discussing. And since we're staying on musculoskeletal and anamaya kosha, We'll, we'll get to that monomaya kosha and I'll, I'll share a little bit of with me, but I, it's the same thing. Just tiny little, um, just the tiniest little shift can happen in such a big way on the mat. And it certainly can make a difference. So our first or next episode is looking at the physical body. And we're specifically going to discuss the number one musculoskeletal concern addressed with yoga. It's the number one condition in a Google search. If you Google yoga four, <laughs> it's the number one complaint of newbies seeking yoga and oftentimes most referred to yoga by doctors. And uh, Kim can give us even a little more feedback and uh, share a little bit more of her story the next time we cover a musculoskeletal uh, issue, we're going to talk about back pain, specifically low back pain or LBP. Um, as we continue through this series, we're going to talk about other musculoskeletal conditions in different areas. We would love to hear from you and get some feedback. So as we start... Um, to kind of tackle different areas of the body piece by piece. If you have something that you want to share or a question that you want to ask, uh, then disclaimer here, we are by no means authorizing care or having, providing yoga therapy to you via this podcast. Uh, 
Although if you wanted to and were available to sign up for sessions, that's a different story. (laughs) Um, But this would be something that we'd love to discuss with you as far as sharing your story, maybe sharing how yoga or yoga therapy helped you, uh, the different conditions that you struggle with. And maybe, you know, asking a little advice or setting up some consultations or something that we can do. Or maybe we can connect you with a mind-body practitioner in your area. We're also pretty big on giving referrals. Was there anything else to cover today, Kim, specifically on the musculoskeletal system? Where we were at with? The mind-body connection, that, that was one of the things that I had in my notes that I really wanted to talk about, the mind-body connection. So I guess we did talk about that a little bit with what you were saying. Um, we talked a little bit about stress. What about the importance of one-on-one study? like working with the individual one-on-one. So somebody comes to us. I I think when you become a certain age in life, this is just my perspective. Um, At some point we, we come with baggage in our body. And by that, I mean, um, you know, we're not as limber and uh, haven't had as many injuries as a child, maybe as that now, you know, in midlife as an adult, um, we've, we, our body has experienced quite a bit, whether it's a car accident, a slip on ice, you know, a traumatic injury. Um, and so I really think, too, the way society has gone where there's less and less physical movement, that starting one-on-one, gifting yourself a handful of those sessions to kind of um, understand the language, to really have a personal experience of getting in your body and what that is about um, it's my personal preference to start there and then move into group sessions so that you can have that social connection, um, with others, because that's important too. Uh, but it's my personal preference to start with one-on-one attention to understand, you know, why would your shape possibly look different than someone else's shape? And we're so used to looking at our body from the outside and, um, you know, it's, it gives you a starting point of looking at your body from the inside. Nice. I like that. As you, as you were speaking, it also made me really think about, um, and we've, we've read, we both read Deb Shapiro's See Your Body Speaks Your Mind. Um, and the idea that uh, different things that happen to you in your life can be part compartmentalized in areas of your body. So I think as well, when you have that time to sit down with someone one-on-one, you have the time to talk about not just their history uh, medically, but maybe some important highlights in their life, some important uh, aspects of maybe traumatic experience or uh, what brings them stress in addition to what brings them joy. I think... um, we can put the pieces together to help build the other little things that contributed to that injury or that contributed to that uh, illness. Yeah, I love the um, book by Do Shapiro, Your Body Speaks Your Mind. Uh, I have several copies. We have one in the studio. And uh, some most of my clients end up with a copy. 
And it's funny because a lot of times I'll say, go get that book. Let's see what it says. <laughs> but, you know, but when I first introduced that concept, uh, it's usually a little difficult to see in the moment. And it's much easier to pick something that's happened in the past and go back and kind of, in retrospect, evaluate what was going on in life at that time. And then slowly, you know, you're able, as you peel back just a little bit and stretch just a little bit more, you're able to um, look at things in the moment. Right. I think, too, some people can be adverse to what seems to be um, the professional and uh, uh, academic term for this is it was a little too woo-woo for some people. Uh, when you talk about compartmentalizing stress or uh, different uh, energetic areas of the body that contribute to specific or illness contributes to specific energies in different parts of the body. It is interesting um, when you start to study from different perspectives, um, you know, Chinese medicine or other Eastern perspectives have a little bit of a different look at things than the way that we look at things in the West. And then some of it is just kind of putting pieces together. You know, when you drive a desk all day or you're constantly putting yourself in the same repetitive patterns of movement and you can sit down and think about that for a minute. Well, yeah, that con- that chronic stress, um, that pattern of movement, that hold that you kind of lock yourself in, um, or what happens to you when you're stressed, is very likely to contribute to illness, injury. Um, we see a lot in yoga therapy of compensation patterns. So when you've had an injury down in the ankle, <laughs> then that can be compensated into the knee, up into the hip, into the back, into the shoulder. <laughs> um, we see a lot of different ways in which something seemingly minor can contribute to something very large. Uh, additionally, in future episodes, we want to cover uh, pathophysiological conditions as well. Uh, that are also embodied in the Manamaya Kosha. Uh, but for the next few episodes, the next one being low back pain, um, and moving from there into things like shoulders, hips, knees, and elbows, the major joints where we have injury. And then moving into stress-related disease. Yeah, so what we want, really want to do is just introduce you to the Panchamaya model. And as we introduce the Panchamaya model, then we'll get into more specifics. So we hoped you enjoyed spending time with us today. Um, we look forward to helping us cleverly navigate the thick, muddy waters of life to empower, accept, and cultivate our most authentic selves. <laughs> Come back next week and see us where the lotus grows. Thank you Getting so much. Getting dirty and growing strong.
Thank you for listening to Where the Lotus Grows. Join us in further conversations. We believe that you bring valuable knowledge to this community. You can find us at wherethelotusgrows.com, Where the Lotus Grows on Instagram and Facebook, or Twitter, Where the Lotus G1, because we were not on top of that one. Remember that though we are professionals in our field, the topics discussed and or advice given is general information and not intended to treat or diagnose. Please seek the guidance of a medical, integrative health, bodywork, or yoga therapy professional for a full evaluation. If you like what you hear, please take the time to rate us on iTunes or your preferred podcast platform.